Welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello and thank you for joining us today. If I ever ask you, what are you unique at as a speaker? What would you say? Well, that's maybe not an easy answer for many, but today we have a very special guest. We will talk about this topic and many other fascinating things. Jill Duca, MBA PCC, is a highly sought after international renowned speaker, awarded number one best-selling author of Create Love, Seven Secrets to Manifest Your Perfect Match, awarded business mentor by the European Union, and one of the first European speakers at two TEDx events in Asia and Europe. She is Greek and Canadian and has trained, coached, and mentored thousands of people in Europe, the USA, and Asia. Jill has worked with numerous Fortune 500 clients like Microsoft, Kraft, Iberdrola. She travels extensively throughout the world with her husband, Nicolas Ouranos, founder of Academy of Relationships. Jill is one of the founding members of European Evolutionary Council and an active philanthropist. Hello, Dill. Welcome to the show. Hi, Oscar. It's great to have you, to be with you here. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm very good, thanks, Jill. It's, it's a pleasure talking with you. <laughs> Thank you. Could you start telling us a little bit more about yourself and your latest projects? Uh, currently, the biggest uh, project that I'm working on is the launch in the English uh, uh, version of my number one uh, best-selling book that has been awarded as uh, one of the top 10 books uh, for 2015 in Greece and Cyprus. So uh, the book is uh, called uh, Create Love, Seven Secrets to Manifest Your Perfect Match. And this is uh, the biggest project that I've ever undertook <laughs> mm -hmm. because it's, uh, I feel very obliged to do the best work that I can do as many people have read the, the book in uh, Greece and Cyprus. So um, I would love it to reach as many souls as possible in the English uh, version as well. Mm -hmm. So the book has been, has been launched already in Greek. The book, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. it's the number one awarded bestseller. Yes, yes, it was launched actually a year ago, exactly a year mm -hmm. ago. <laughs> awesome, congratulations. Thank you, thank you very much. Yes, I, as I mentioned in your intro, I watched your two TEDx talks, uh, one in, um, one is in India, right? And the other thing in Cyprus. And I Correct. like, I like them both very much. Yeah, thank you. So could you tell us now, How do you start speaking in public? When do you start uh, feeling a speaker? So I think that I started uh, when I was um, five years old. Oh. <laughs> I was always a performer, so I was doing dance. Uh -huh. And I always enjoyed uh, sharing my feelings with the audience. So I fell in love with the stage. And uh, later on, uh, my first degree was as a dance teacher and choreographer where I studied choreography in New York. And uh, I, I realized that uh, the stage has a very big um, 
a very, very big uh, way of uh, communication in a way that it's very unique and that uh, it gives both ways. So it gives to the participant, you know, to the audience, and also it gives to the, the presenter. For me, uh, performance is performance. So either I was dancing or I'm talking or, you know, whatever, either <laughs> acting or whatever, it's, it's a performance. So you're there and you, I open up, you know, I open up myself to people. But I think it was a love at first sight. So I, I can re even remember my first time that I was there, you know, on stage. I was tiny. <laughs> and uh, I re also remember the first time that I was in an ancient theater here in Greece, Likabetus, uh, and performed. And there were 800 people. And I was seven years old. <laughs> But I, I really felt the vibrational, the energy, the vibrational energy that came from the audience. And yeah, this is what I, I really enjoy. So you have always been on stage almost all your life. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, yes. Even if, <laughs> even if I didn't have an audience, I was doing, uh, you know, theater when I was uh, in my village on summers and I was bored, I was doing performances And sometimes nobody would come, <laughs> but what, what we would do, we would take our parents and have them sit on the chairs and they would watch, you know, the same performance for the 15th time. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there, there's always a way to perform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's correct. And I can see also where you come some more ideas for your telescope because you have been already performing dancing no? yes. and asking you now Again, as a, from your speaker point of view, what are you unique at? So what makes you unique as a speaker? It's, I think that it, it's not only about me, it's about every speaker. The, the speakers that are having an impact are passionate. So they find what they're passionate about and they give it out to the people. So they share their passion. Because uh, talking without passion is like, uh, you know, trying to drink water mm -hmm. from a, a glass that has no water in. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's pointless. So whatever I talk about, either if it's for entrepreneurship or is it, you know, for speaking or is it for relationships, it's something that really, really touches my heart. I would never choose something that doesn't touch my mm -hmm. heart. And I find what, what makes me very passionate about what I'm going to share. And this is what I share. Mm -hmm. So finding what really makes you passionate, what kind of topics you are passionate uh, talking about is what ultimately makes you unique. Right. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And it's, it's what is for everybody as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now going specifically to your second TEDx talk, it's called React and Have Fun at Work. Here you mentioned uh, this, discovering what you are unique at. Could you tell us why it is so important? Oh, <laughs> because uh, it's, it's, what, it's what we have been blessed by God or by the universe, you know, whatever mm -hmm. anyone, you know, believes in. This is our blessing, and this is what we have been brought here to share with people. 
So it's vital in order to be able to share it. It's vital to know it, <laughs> to be very clear. What, what, is, what differentiates us from other people? It's vital. So this is what we bring. This is our mission statement. You know, all companies, all big companies have their mission statements. And it's important that people, we all find our own personal mission statement because otherwise we're here, we're wondering, and we're living other people's lives. Mm-hmm. We don't have our own uh, guideline, our own GPS, and uh, it's very easy in today's world to be drifted away and just, you know, sure. live a pointless life. <laughs> of course, uh, this is for people who are, are really into um, into search. So um, you, it's it's vital that we have worked with ourselves and we have uh, realized that things that differentiate us are our uniqueness. Whatever we believe that is uh, is something that we grow apart from other people, that is our uniqueness. Mm-hmm. And what are the best ways to find this uniqueness? Mm. Okay. So uh, because I, I, I went through that 10 years ago when I started my journey in personal development. And to be honest, I was extremely, you know, I had studied, I have I had five degrees mm-hmm. <laughs> and one MBA. So I had made so many studies and I realized fine, at, at a certain point that I didn't have my mission statement. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't know why I was here. And this kind of freaked me out because I, I felt as if I had lost time. So this is the first feeling, but it's fine because whatever happens, there's a reason why it happens. So I did a lot of research. I read tons of books and I, in order to find my own uniqueness, my own uh, USP, you know, unique selling point, mm-hmm. <laughs> as we say in marketing, mm-hmm. or my own uh, mission statement, I created a, a way of doing it. And this, uh, this is, you know, a structure. This is the uniqueness game. So I created the uniqueness game first for myself. And then uh, since then, thousands of uh, executives and people from all over the world have done the uniqueness game and have found their uniqueness have found uh, what their mission statement is and what their gps is so let me let me just um, quickly share what what does that uniqueness game consists of mm-hmm, sure. so it's about first we find out our strengths okay so what we're very very good at then we find out our best doings what do we enjoy doing you know what do you do and time goes by and you don't even realize it that, that kind of thing Then we request feedback from uh, people who know us and ask them to tell us uh, what our uniqueness is with, and we do this with a letter, (laughs) which is an amazing process. And people cry when they get back the the letters. It's just, it's it's amazing because you're getting positive feedback from all the people that you love. And uh, also at the end, we compile all this information, this amazing information together with our Five most important values. So what do we value? What is important for us in the world? And we combine all this and we find our uniqueness. It's a four-line mission statement, personal mission statement. It's very powerful. And for each person, it's very, very different. Mm-hmm. So there is a whole a whole process for, for doing yes, that. Yes, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. And I started, to, you know, I found out about this process because I wanted to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. Sure, and then help others, of course. And also about mm-hmm. 
about this, you also mentioned the reading books. In this second text talk you had also, you mentioned train yourself, read books to be the best. On your opinion, what is the really best thing about reading books? Books, books. It's Books are like a gold mine. They're like a gold mine because mm -hmm. you can, it's knowledge that you can have anywhere with you and learn this knowledge from anyone in the world. So if you, if you really think about it, that you can learn from the best people, you know, the people who created the biggest impact in this world for just 10, 10 euros. <laughs> mm. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's mind blowing. So I always love to, to read books and uh, I've made my, my goal to read at least uh, two books per month. And this equals in two years, it, it could equal, you know, like an MBA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. And uh, I, was, I was doing a workshop uh, yesterday in uh, the Open University of Greece where we, I shared with them how, how many hours per day we, we see TV. Mm -hmm. So in Europe, it's about four and a half hours per day, Whoa. which means that that could be in one week, one book, if you yes. think about it. <laughs> and also for a month, it's a part-time job. So it's, it's oh. about 35 hours per, per month. <laughs> <laughs> no way paying you <laughs> yes and uh, the only thing you do is that you 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 know you you get filled up with negativity and it's just like it's it's amazing so if if we would give up half of the time that we we watch tv which actually gives us nothing and read books then we would in one year in two years we would do a, a mini nba <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's that's correct. What you say, you can. It's like a gold mine, as you say. Some books, many books, actually, there's there's so much uh, wisdom, and you can. It's like meeting this um, this wise person from everywhere in the world, in all the in all the fields, and in several times in history. So definitely, I agree with you. What you say, something I also notice when I watch your TEDx talk is that you will have a good dose of audience participation mm. do you always do this anywhere any in your talks mm. yes i do it in in talks and in workshops to be honest i believe that without participation it's uh, it's very tough for people to get things i mean they might enjoy a talk but it's very tough for them to really really get something away so when they leave Uh, I do it because uh, experiential training is the best, for me, is the best way of uh, passing through knowledge. Because it's, it's amazing, you know, if we, if we talk and someone might be a very, very gifted, very gifted speaker. But for me, it's vital that uh, the audience participates and I always do that it's always a, an exercise or something that I have them do so that they experience at the same moment what I'm saying mm. I really enjoy it it's not easy I would like to mm. so you, you need to be quite experienced as a speaker in order to be able to do it to do it you know and be effective mm -hmm. but uh, if you think 
now that I think about it, I'm like, I can't believe I even did that. I went to India. I was a Greek Canadian girl who went to India and did the meditation with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they follow <That's>, you. <laughs> not only they did follow me, they were ecstatic. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Oscar, there were 1,300 people there. And imagine the energy that came out. After when we finished, the whole, you know, the whole room was just like elevated because of that, because of the energy that came out. So it's very, very worth trying. The first time that I tried it, I was petrified. (laughs) I was petrified. I did it in an open event when, you know, people came and it was for free. So I'm like, oh, everybody's going to leave when I'm going to do this. (laughs) Because people really don't want to get out of their comfort zone. thing Mm -hmm. is that, you know, with a great um, persuasion on my part, persuaded by persuading myself how important it is, how much value it will give them. They felt it. So, yes, uh, now I'm doing, you know, yesterday I was in the university where 204... 240 people, and they all did all the exercises for three hours. All the exercises, and I'm, I must have had 15 exercises in there. Wow, nobody refused. <laughs> well, you know what? If they refused, they were, they were around, I think around 20, you know, mm. in a percentage that didn't do them. Sure. But I explained it ahead that it's their way of not playing the game. So I set up rules, mm-hmm. and it's their way of play, not playing the game. And that's not my thing. You know, that's their problem, mm-hmm. which I address. I address. But uh, I'm not going to stay on the 20. I'm going to stay on the 210 that, d- that do it. Sure. Sure, absolutely. Keep going. And of course, the majority are going to follow, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. As, as, as you say, it's not easy to do these exercises for audience participation, but really the, the experience, right? The, the, the fact that the people experience something learn by experiencing while you are having the talk. It's, it's really the, the strength of having this, these exercises, mm-hmm. these experiences. And are there other elements or techniques that you intentionally use on your talks? Mm. Also, of course, the basics of, for me of a good uh, talk is uh, to share stories, mm-hmm. share personal stories from your life and stories that have really touched us, you know, it's, it's vital that each speaker have their own story. So the moment that shifted their life and also that it's relevant with the, the topic that they're sharing. So, um, yeah, I, I, you must, uh, maybe you remember that in the TEDx talk uh, for, for TEDx Nicosia in Cyprus, I shared my, the fact that I had a very, very serious uh, ski mm-hmm. Uh, injury and I was alone for about an hour wow. uh, in in a, in the middle of a mountain <laughs> with nobody around me <laughs> that was really tough one that was a tough one but uh, through that I, I had five points that I wanted people to feel you know and to experience with mm-hmm. me so again I, I could say that this is experiential mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking or training you know, because you want to take them where you are, feel them what you felt, smell what you smelled, mm-hmm. and really, really engage the five senses. So 
people told me at the end of the the talk that they felt that they were in the mountain and they were cold mm. because wow. of the narration mm-hmm. because I was freezing. I you know some at a point I'm like I'm gonna die here. It was extremely cold. So yes, just just take them in a journey. Yes, take them in a mm-hmm. journey. That's that's. I think that everybody can be fascinated by that. And you know what is very interesting, uh, interesting, uh, Oscar, mm-hmm. is the fact that people will always find something to relate with. Mm, yes, they will always find. So we we don't need to worry too much. Oh yeah, people don't go for a ski, or maybe mm-hmm. someone has never been in the mountain. No, because. You know, they could be in a hospital all by themselves and feel the same or, you know, wherever, <laughs> even in their own house and feel, you know, that they are abandoned and cold and alone. <laughs> so people always find a way to relate. Yeah, that's, that's correct. That's um, because the, the, any problem is relatable to, to what someone else has done. It is. Mm. We all are humans face similar challenges, feelings. Yeah. It's always, um, it's possible to relate any, any story as you said. Mm-hmm. Now mentioning your first TEDx talk, that's called how to embrace failure, right? Mm. Here. Yeah. I have a question. Sometimes for instance, when you are, we are speaking in public, we face some, some problems in the middle of the speeches and the talks <laughs> in your opinion, what? <laughs> What must happen to a talk or a presentation to be considered a failure? So what really has to happen? <laughs> I like this question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for me, first of all, nothing is a failure. Mm-hmm. Everything is a learning. So whatever happens, it, it could never be a failure unless the speaker believes it's a failure, which, mm. you know, it's, 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 a, it's a matter of belief. I can tell you that everything has happened to me on stage. <laughs> I once fell off the stage. Oh. <laughs> I once, uh, my, one of my shoes, my high heel shoes <laughs> was left behind. And that was, uh, that was in front of, uh, uh, I think there were 800 people in Brendan Burchard's, uh, wow. <laughs> 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 where I didn't stop, you know, I didn't stop mm-hmm. because I was trained by, by dance, you know, and dance can never stop and performing arts can never stop whatever happens. <laughs> so I could say that these talks were a failure, but no, you know, I did my best. I did my best. And there's always people, the audience, you know, is thirsty to get something out of what you're saying. They're thirsty. They want the speaker to succeed. So for me, there is no failure. It's just the way that we, you know, the way that we react. And I'll never forget that uh, Brendan, in Brendan Burchard, in one of his uh, workshops, he had a person having a stroke. At the time he was delivering the workshop. I mean, that could be, you know, mm-hmm. that could be a disaster. But the way he handled it, you know, he he. He asked for help. People were helping the person who was having the stroke. And then he jumped into the opportunity to share with other people things about our life, you know, and how important it is for us to treasure every second. And then they all sent positive energy to that person. So, you know, anything that happens that could be a tragedy, you can take it and just change it to the most successful talk of your life. Great word, but uh, 
The conclusion is that no matter what happens on your speech talk, there is a failure. There is a failure. Jill, now could you share with us your favorite quotation? Uh, the, my, my favorite is uh, from Gandhi, is be the change you want to be, you wish to be, you wish to see in the world. So be the change you wish to, to see in the world. And uh, if, if, you know, all of us did that, just 10%, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, the world would be just amazing. The world would be just amazing. We, we keep having a, a amazing, we request stuff way beyond what we can do from other people. Or we just, you know, it's easy to blame, to show the, the, the one finger, you know, to just show. But uh, if we if we don't change and if we don't become the change we wish to see around in the world, then nothing changes because everything starts from within. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very inspiring quote. Thank you. And we have discussed already about the, the books. There are so, so many wisdom in the book. There are so many books. <laughs> yes. But I will ask you now to pick one, one book that has particularly inspired you or influenced you. What could you share? Which one? For me, the, the Bible of personal development, Oscar, is uh, The Success Principles from uh, Jack Canfield. And uh, this book uh, really changed my life because it has uh, hundreds of stories of uh, success stories and uh, failure, you know, in quotation stories mm -hmm. uh, of people that uh, made it, that are making it. And you, you, if you read the book, the, the success principles are so simple, so fair, but it's a shame that, you know, we don't learn them from school. Mm. <laughs> and I had to read that book when I was uh, 30 years old. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jack is my mentor. He actually has uh, um, he has uh, wrote a, a quote about create love or the seven secrets to manifest uh, your perfect match. And also I'm quoted in the book <laughs> in one of the stories. And this has been uh, in the latest edition. It's the 10th edition. This book is a New York Times bestselling book. And I really, really admire, you know, I, advise anyone who wants to to create the life the life that they want to read it it's essential very easy to read and then you read it a hundred times more so you never stop reading it if you see it i wish i could uh, if you see the first edition that i had uh, i wish i could you know show it it's like you know it's so used you can send me a photo <laughs> yes it's so used it's amazing how used it is Wow. So it's I, I highly recommend the success principles, how to get from where you are to where you want to be by Jack Canfield. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. Ama amazing author. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Jill, now could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend doing it daily or weekly as a routine to shine? Uh, for a speaker, huh? Yes, if possible. Yes, because I, I was thinking about it. I would say meditation. I meditate for the past 15 years every day. And yes, this is amazing. It helps a lot. You know, it's, for me, it's, it helps me become centered. I do it in the morning and I set the tone for the whole day. 
So this is a, you know, for, for all of us, but as for a speaker, would like to share another ritual, mm-hmm. which is vital, Oscar, it's vital. It's a phonetic exercises, vocal exercises. Uh, our voice is our instrument, our mm-hmm. voice in our body as speakers. And uh, many, many speakers just disregard the voice part. The training of the voice is uh, as if we don't know the ABC of, uh, of being a speaker for me. So I did this training with Roger Love. Roger is um, an amazing, amazing, amazing person. Yes. <laughs> I can know him, yes. And uh, Roger has uh, coached and trained all the big uh, movie stars, all of them. And also Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. uh, Brendan, everybody, you know, Jack, <laughs> all the, all the mm-hmm. greatest speakers. Uh, so Roger has some amazing daily exercises. There are only three minutes per day. And with these exercises, no matter how much you use your voice, you never lose your voice. It's like, it's like you're going to the gym <laughs> for your vocal cords. Imagine, you know, lifting weights with your vocal cords. So even if I'm sick, you know, I have a, the flu or my voice is there. Which is very for people, and you you know that Oscar too. You know, if you have many speaking engagements, the one after the other, sometimes you know at a certain point the voice leaves because you mm-hmm. also have stress, and uh, you are producing um, hormones that uh, you know do not help the the vocal um, strings to recharge. So I highly recommend anyone who's really serious about doing be, being a speaker to do vocal exercises every day. Mm-hmm. And it's also just a small investment of time that can save you. Yeah, absolutely. It's a yeah, excellent piece of advice. Yeah. Yes. And you know what, Oscar, you can request 5,000 euros for a, a speaking engagement and not, not have your voice trained in, in, in that level. Sure. Sure. So you don't depend on the, on the mic, of course. <laughs> well, you do because we need it, but uh, your voice is there. Your, your voice is, uh, the leading takes a leading sure. part. Has still the, the, the quality and the, yes. and the great sound. Yes. Yes. And the tone and, the it changes, you know, it goes up and it goes mm-hmm. down and, you know, playing with the voice and waking up your audience too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Jill, this has been a really fascinating interview with you. Well, thank you for all your, your advice and your stories, personal story and mention the other stories. And finally, could you tell us how we can learn more about you? how to follow you. What are the best ways for that? Yes, I would love, I would love. First of all, if uh, the book Create Love, Seven mm-hmm. Secrets to Manifest Your Perfect Match is being launched uh, in Amazon on the 11th of November, 2015, mm-hmm. everybody can find information in the website createlovethebook.com. So that is a, a book that helps us first to love ourselves and then to create amazing relationships with other people. It's been called uh, the Bible of Love here in Greece. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it's it's um it's a book that I you know I think it's very worth reading, and I wrote it with my husband Nicolas Urano. So there's a male and the female part, which is very okay. interesting for people. Yeah, 
And also, of course, they can find me in uh, jillduga.com and all social media and Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram and LinkedIn. I would love to connect. Just say that, you know, I heard you at Oscars (laughs) (laughs) interview and I would love, you know, to hear from you. Just uh, just one uh, last thing for the the people that, you know, for the amazing speakers that are listening (laughs) is that we can we can create anything we want with a passion, with passion, you can create anything you want. Just, you know, keep on, keep on and take the feedback, change some stuff and then keep on, take the feedback, change some stuff and then keep on. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jill. It was, uh, was amazing. It was really nice talking with you and all the best. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you very much. You're an awesome host. Oh, <laughs> it was really great time. I spent, I spent some great time with you. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website www.timetoshinepodcast.com. Welcome to listen to us again next week.